With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks, welcome back to this Mountain Swire basketball podcast. That's right, two in a row, short period of time. We're back. Myself. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. It's Andrew <laughs> over there. Oh, boy. It was wild. End up being one versus two, but the whole tournament, we're going to talk about the Mountain West Finals, Mountain West Tournament, some big picture NCAA stuff, some bubble teams out there that could impact, or not bubble teams, but I guess bubble number one seeds. And I guess yeah, we'll uh, playing in front of nobody, which would suck. But uh, <laughs> let's start the tournament. Um, all right. We have to admit something very terrible to everybody. Colorado State failed us miserably. <laughs> Yeah, we we just we jumped right on that bandwagon, and it was the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, I mean, two conference games all year wins two games, nearly not nearly a third, but gave Utah State a game to nearly win three games. I mean, yeah, I, Alan Edwards, that guy, he 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 thought it, but Apparently. I don't know that anybody else did because that was that was pretty amazing to watch. I mean, it was disappointing that we didn't get to see Colorado State Nevada or potentially Nevada Utah State or Colorado Utah State a lot of great matchups could have been in there but yeah. that Wyoming run those those couple of just crazy late night wins were really really fun to watch yeah we could have Nico versus Kata that have been pretty amazing oh right I was actually at the tournament I've been to a couple of mountains tournaments I was actually at the most recent one where Wyoming were they when they played San Diego State hmm was it? I should looked up, but it wasn't that year where San Diego, where Wyoming was like a five seed and won it all. It was like a fifty to fifty-two game or something. Soups, so few <laughs> points. I'm trying to remember what it's, year it was. It was like yeah, four, four right. years ago. Let's but I don't remember what seed they were. But I remember that game where it's like and they, I don't. I think they had Larry Nance. I think it's Larry Nance, James yeah, Franklin, possibly. So this, so this was 2015. Okay. Uh, and they they won forty-five to forty-three. Oh, that's, that's against... even worse. Ugh. I remember <laughs> me and my buddy Chris. Where he's at the game cover with us, I'm like what is what's going on? Score some points, forty five, forty three, and that's that's what, so bad. Yeah. What seed was um, Wyoming that year? What seed? What seed were they? Let me take a look here and see. But I just remember uh, like those games. It's fun. To, I've been to a couple. They've been pretty fun. But that one, I'm like the game was close. So it was sort of exciting because it was close. But I'm like, give me some points. Yeah, it looks like they would have been the four or five seed. It's not. They, oh, here we they, go. They, yeah, they had a rec- the four same record as Utah State. Four seed and yeah. two seeds. So that's sort of a minor upset, but yeah, 45-42. What, what kind of game is that? <laughs> that's a that's a a game that purists probably love. I don't know. It's like me. If you listen to a football podcast, there's a buddy got in front. He's like, Jeremy, you like offense. I'm like, well, offense is exciting. Not, nothing against defense, but sometimes when, the, when you think the defense is good, it's that the offense is bad. And so that's what you think is good defense. But the title game was 59-56 itself. So, like, that was a barn burner either. Yeah. I mean, but that was a great game. Anyway, so, so let's go back earlier real quick. Like, okay. what besides Wyoming's surprise, anything else that kind of got you? I know Air Force won their game. But it was like, okay, whatever. They're kind yeah, of upset. That wasn't a big shock I, I was really kind of going back and forth on that one i think i picked air force and then i went on uh, on the podcast last <laughs> week and 
kind of talked about why I was not picking Air Force. Because last time you picked them, it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, of course, this time they proved me wrong again. So, you know, I'm glad I could help them out there. But I think other than that, the big surprise maybe would be UNLV kind of falling flat. But I was saying what Boise State needed to win for that game was Amari Hardy to have a bad game. And I believe he was 4 of 13. You know, he got into double digits, but just wasn't the effective second scoring option behind Bryce Hamilton. And they, they fell flat after their five-game winning streak. Yeah, they, we thought they could make earnings. They beat San Diego State. Well, right. it doesn't help when you have a starter score zero points. Your bench only scores five points. You're still in the game because it's not like Boise's bench is that much better when you had Hobbs only scoring two off the bench. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> Boise had a bit more well-rounded scoring attack, just slightly more. But, yeah, when you're shooting, like, th- when you're shooting 30% from the field, you're not going to win. Neither like this game was so ugly. Like both teams shot thirty percent. Boise is three yeah. of fifteen for three point range. UNLV tried to pull an Allen Iverson, but didn't work out. Or James Harden for more recent people, nine of twenty seven for three pointers. But um, it was yeah, wasn't it was fine game. But you figured Rebels, they're on their home court. More fans are there because of where they're at. They had some momentum, but then they just kind of went eh, at the end. Which year one for TJ, it's fine. Seventeen and fifteen. Here's the thing: they beat San Diego State. They were close in a lot of non-conference games against good teams, so it's not like they're far off like they people thought they might have been with who's coming back and from last year. So being the first well, yeah. year, it's pretty good for they had a lot of almost type of things. Like they could have yeah. won twenty games this year for a couple of things here and there back in non-conference. So and there was a stigma too, like their record was great, they're doing good, but as in playing all the bad teams in the, in the Mountain West Conference earlier on, like Fresno's not very good, and that beating like Wyoming, San Jose State, New Mexico ended up beating okay but then they had when they played nevada aztecs rams all those good teams just started losing and so they beat the teams we thought they'd beat for the most part boise kind of an upset plus they beat boise like two games before and they beat them by 10 at home so they figured well we got this again like they were fine they they were fine what they were this year and so it's i, and I would agree yeah. that was a minor i'd say more of a not major upset but kind of minor but it's still kind of a little surprising yeah, just a little surprising, but I think they're set up pretty well, especially with David Jenkins, uh, who you know Coach TJ brought over from South Dakota State. So I think next year will be a good year for UNLV. This is a, a nice a nice building building year and a good mm-hmm. transition to get him. You know, I mean, what what more do you want from a first year coach coming from a mid major pro? You know, from a Low South Dakota State kinda, right? to, to what's that? Would you say they're low major almost from South Dakota State or not? Or kind of in Yeah, between? I mean, they're kind of in between. They're kind of one of those teams like, you know, Gonzaga where they're they are maybe specifically a little above the rest of their conference necessarily. They're know. not the SWAC, that's what you're telling me. Right. They're not the SWAC and they're not even necessarily the rest of the Summit League either. Yeah. They're you know, they've they've kind of set up their program as a perennial contender there to be maybe treated a little differently than say like a Western Illinois or something like that near the bottom. So yeah, it's like, it'll be good. And we'll probably get this off season kind of who's eligible and who's for newcomers and stuff. But I guess maybe, maybe one win would have been nice in the tournament to get to that next round. But yeah, that's about it's opening round. It's the opening round or not opening round game round two where you want to go to the quarterfinal or maybe semifinals possibly, but it's like it's fine. You got the bye, which is kind of what people remember. You don't know if you hasn't done that in a while either. They've been playing the opening night the past pretty recently. Right. And and they finished in the top four of the league. And honestly, I think that's way better than would have been expected for 
their his first year at TJ's. So I think you really just have to see this as a positive for UNLV, even though they did have some struggles. The overall record might not be as good as they'd hoped, but the conference performance is, I think, exactly what you would have wanted. What do you mean? But like, look really quick. Here's who they played in non-conference really quick. Like, what is Kansas State? Are they any good this year in the Big 12? They're usually... Yeah. Eh. No, they're not. I mean, they're not awful, but they're not great. It's okay. Like a, yeah. Okay, but here's the team they played that are kind of, I guess, programs that probably think would be better. Yeah, there are 10 wins. That was a bad loss. But, like, they played Cal, UCLA, lost to them. They got SMU, Cincinnati, BYU. It's like they... And, they played some pretty good tournament teams there, so it's like, and those are all losses, and they were fairly close. Like they lost to Cal by four, they lost to Kansas State by four, which they probably should have won. Looking back at it, since he was within ten points, BYU is a blowout, so that's like that was the only bad one. So they had a couple, like they were challenged, which is good, but they weren't like playing the best of the best. Like UCLA yeah. at the time, who knows what they would have been? They ended up being. Did they win the Pac-12? The the Bruins there. Uh, no, they they ended up getting second. Okay. Uh, the duck the Ducks won, but okay. I mean, still they ended up does the number two seed in the Pac-12, which is a lot better than I thought they were going to. Yeah, and so, like, they played some decent teams, like Cincinnati, BYU, like I said, who BYU could make a possible run. So it's like they, they've scheduled well enough. And we'll say next year, like, next year, like, no, there's no, you're not going to NIT. No Mountain West team, I don't think, is going to NIT. I think that's, that's, we're going to, I think I'm pretty confident that would that be the case? This year? Yeah, would Boise make it? I think you could probably see uh, Boise State maybe make it to the NIT. Uh, Colorado State no. probably not at this point. Not that with the no not with that loss to Wyoming, and Nevada probably the same. Had not n- with that loss to Wyoming. And, hey, yeah, had Nevada made it, they probably possibly like one, but, made, yeah, game or two. That said, I I would like to see them get the invite. I think that they did enough to maybe earn one, but I I would understand for Boise it State or what. Uh, for well, honestly, for Boise State or Nevada, okay. I can see this kind of going either way. I would like to see them all, you know, in it. Honestly, hey, throw Colorado State in there too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say one is probably more likely, and zero, zero is more likely than three. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at some random bracket bracket websites and nothing for Boise State I have for updates as of like the other day so we'll see it also depends so you got the the auto bids like if you're in your conference but don't win the tournament you get in so like that could be like the A-Sun or SWAC or those type of leagues that are a little bit lower that really need to win to get in and so it will see I, I I'm betting zero but you never know just because if teams went out here one here's one that does have Boise State as a four seed so they'd be hosting a game I'm not sure when this is updated here I don't have a Oh, no, updated as of uh, today, Mar- or March 8th. Is that today? Whatever, recently, I will say. So maybe, but I think Boise is close. But it'd be nice to get one team in there, in the, and especially if they can host. That would be helpful for Leon Rice and everybody to yeah. uh, keep going. Now, the issue that's going to come up is what happens if, you know, a, l- a lot of these other conference tournaments see their number one seed losing. You're going to see those NIT bids, the, the automatic bids into the NIT just soaking up uh, the, those teams going over there so if a team like Wofford beats East Tennessee State mm-hmm. you know and East Tennessee State doesn't end up getting a large bid then you know that the, there's one fewer NIT bid available for SFA too Stephen of Austin same thing yep yep so, same thing there so let's go to Wyoming and Nevada there Wyoming can we say the blew it is that fair to say can we they're, say that Wyoming blew it? No, 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 I said Nevada blew it. They're up by oh, 10. Nevada. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. sorry. I was... Did I say, if I said Wyoming, I apologize. I meant Nevada. They're up 10 at the half. 
They were up. Like, I was kind of watching them. I was got – this is late games, man. It's even for me, 9.30 tip-off, closer to 10. I'm like, oh, Wyoming's up six with, I think, what, six minutes, five minutes left. Like, or whatever it was, they are up by at least five or six in this, late in the second half. I'm like, oh, let's go to bed. They got this. I wake up. Holy crap. <laughs> and the game's over. Yeah, they were – it was a – I must – it was like, yeah, 61.55 with six minutes left. And I'm like, oh, they probably got this. I'm, I'm a little tired. I'll go to bed. It's okay. But then you got the back-to-back three-pointers to give them the lead. If I stayed up for like eight more minutes, I would have seen those, those points happen. Yeah, Ten, a quick 8-0 run that basically won the game it for them just, right there. It just it sort of deflated Nevada after that. You could just see the, the wind go out of their sails, and the body language just wasn't quite there. And it was it was not a – not a performance for Nevada that really – I feel like the the rest of their season warranted a better performance from them. And the late start and mm-hmm. having to play this Wyoming team that I doubt they had really uh, game planned for. Like, crap, do we bring enough clothes? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, I would say, you know – they lost to the 11 seed. How can you say they didn't blow it? And they had a lead in the game. So, that. yeah, but it's it, it it sucks because Nevada had a good year, uh, a better year than I thought they were going to mm-hmm. have. I you know I I thought that New, New Mexico would be third in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most people did, but yeah. you know <laughs> I'm not going to completely take the blame for that one. No, that's I guess fine. you're good. Maybe we could have seen what happened. You know, seen it coming a little bit for. You mean like repeat suspensions and guys missing games like last year? Yeah, I mean like <laughs> that was always the worry, but I guess you couldn't really put bake that into your preseason projections. So yeah, and like and then when they played Utah State, it was fairly close, but Utah State seemed to be reasonably like they're threatened by Wyoming, but not really. Like they they yeah. second half like they each scored fifty one points, which was pretty amazing. Like it was a seven point game into half, got up to ten. Like it kind of went like between like six and eight points throughout that second half. Made three points at one point when that Jake Hendrick three, but they are basically that's a close. I believe that's the close they got three within three a couple times. Excuse, but that's all. It's like oh, I guess no. There's a two point there later. I forgot about that. But they it was always like okay, they're one possession away, but they can never get that one possession to get ahead. And they just kind yeah. of ran out of it at the end because Utah State went a, a little run at the end to kind of wrap it up. And that's fine. That was, well, I mean, like, that's amazing. Like, Alan Edwards did a great job. Let me ask you this. Is Alan Edwards going to return? Because regular season was just dreadful. They're awful. And then they make this little run. Yeah. Um, I think I, – I, I think he probably might – I think he might have bought himself an extra year. Think um, so? Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm – Making the decision, or the the woman, or the person, whoever it is, I'm I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I I don't know what I would do personally, but maybe it's just me writing off of the you know his, his post game interview after the Nevada win, and just uh, just like, but now that now after that, I, I want to see him succeed. I want I want to see another chance for him so i I want him to stick around i don't know if that's the best thing for wyoming's program though because it's like you said it's not as if the regular season was very promising last two years eight wins last year nine this year true 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 true. first two years are great but also had a few some of the holdovers that were pretty good teams because one thing about wyoming here's what they have going for them their home court's amazing um alan edwards has won before so it's not like he's a coach like just starting off crappy 
I'm right. assuming, I assume he'll be back one more year, and I think he'll need to get at least a 500 record to keep going to maybe get like a, like one of those, uh, you're doing well enough. Here's like a two-year extension that's no pay raise, but you got to stick around for a little bit longer, one of those type of deals. But I'm thinking, I'm not sure. I don't know the roster extremely well, who's coming back, what transfers or whatever, but they're like the home court's huge. They've shown to get players like Larry Nance. He's, he's at one. I mean, like they can get guys in there. If another guy's come through as well, get shots to NBA. Forget the one guy who got hurt in that car accident, but he'd been in the NBA as well. Um, first name at the moment, yeah. but they've had talent and players come in. Even if they're just slightly above average playing at home is like an extra two or three wins a year when they do those games. Right. And, and you have to, I mean, assuming Hunter Maldonado comes back, assuming, you know, Quan marble who really, really showed out uh, in the tournament, you know, he's a freshman. He really mm-hmm. came on strong in the second half of the season. So that sort of development, seeing a guy like him succeed and then get big wins at the end of the year. I think that's the kind of promising thing that earns you a little more leeway. If you're a guy like Alan Edwards, um, having a freshman kind of step up there at, at the end. And you've got some other young guys, Trayvon Taylor, Hunter Thompson, Kenny Foster, Greg Milton. This is a young roster. So yeah. they, you know, that's, that could be what, what maybe makes that 500 season, realistic for for next year i don't know yet we'll see how the rest of the mountain west shapes up we'll see like you said if any transfers come in but yeah i mean there's certainly it's hard to not see this mountain west tournament as a promising sign for wyoming do you know why what what's the do you have any kind of gut feeling of why they did it was it because we were just going to play just because nobody expects us to win anything one of those type of deals or like was there something you saw like hey this team actually is playing better this this week (sighs) Well, I mean, Wyoming's defense has actually been good, and it's but it's their offense that hasn't shown up, and that's what showed up during the Mountain West tournament is that their offense finally showed some signs of life. They were one of the bottom 30 or so teams in the country for offense all year long, but their defense is top 150. I mean, it's not great, but it's above average. So... I think for them to get 80 points against a Colorado State, even 74. Well, they average against- 82 a game, essentially. 80, 74, 80, or 82. Almost basically right. 80 a game where, looking back, they just a couple of scores before, like 55 Fresno, 68 Nevada. Yeah, they scored 78 versus Air Force, but like 58 USU, 68 in a lot, 30 point loss. Like they're scoring game 60s. against Idaho State, 54 to 40. Yeah, and 32 <laughs> points against South Carolina. So it's yeah, like, right. maybe. So, so- yeah. I guess that's the offense. Like maybe the guys are just like, screw it. Who cares? Their season's over. We're just gonna have fun. Maybe they need well, to kind of move that forward. And it wasn't just Hunter Maldonado doing it either. That was one of the big things because for a lot of the season, it was just him, kind of like Justin James last year, where he's just doing everything for the team. You had guys like Marble step up. You had other guys like uh, Brandon Porter sometimes, Taylor, Hunter Thompson, Jake Hendricks. All these guys yeah. stepping up at different times. That they just didn't do it consistently throughout the season, but during the tournament, for whatever reason, for a couple games, everything came together, and they said, "Hey, let's go out there and magic." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's make some magic. All right, so let's get to the title game here. All right. After all that upsets going throughout, we had the game. We is this game everybody wanted to see? Is that sound about right? You think one versus two? I mean, the I think the only other great option would have been a, another San Diego State Nevada game. Get that Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris matchup going but hey but this Sam was, Merrill Malachi Flynn's not too bad either 
No, it's not. I'm just saying, you know, it's, if you were a Nevada person, you probably wanted that one more than the San Diego State Utah State. It's true. Sam Merrill, second to only Jimmer Fredette for Mountain West tournament points ever. And he's still like a distant second. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's Jimmer. It is. So, like, Merrill, like, one thing I noticed in this game, like, here's what I hate about the conference, which didn't make sense. I I, I knew that game time was going to happen where they pl- where they played late, but they played that excuse me, three th- or two thirty Pacific game, even earlier than last year. And so right. after they, the late night game. Yeah, for... that's so they played what the, what the game tip? Nine thirty local time? No, eight thirty, nine o'clock local time. Somewhere I think in that it was, Yeah, so somewhere around there. I yeah. think scheduled was eight thirty Pacific. I I can I can understand it being on the week of selection Sundays. you have the Big Ten game, you have what the American plays in CBS they do yeah. a triple header or something on that set. Oh, well, no, that's Sunday, just, but there's a bunch to, of games. And you have to get the games in before the selection. Well, this is Saturday, like, so... What, oh, I'm sorry. Right, right. But I think a Big Ten, they play that weird Sunday <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But you still got to get them in. Like, I forget who plays last year, but they played 6 Eastern. That's the last game of the day. They're not playing the game after, but you're out on the West Coast. They want to be on broadcast TV. It's like, if you're thinking about it, like, what, what do you, what's so jarring that needs to be perfect or live or as scheduled on Saturday night television. That's what do you do? Blue bloods or something? I don't know what CBS aired Saturday night. I mean, maybe the mountain West wanted to be first. And so they just wanted to get in there before the Ohio Valley. Cause I mean, the Ohio Valley is the first bid every year. And now the mountain West gets their tournament moved up and suddenly they're tipping off two hours before the Ohio Valley game. I know know know, they moved, they moved it for that big agriculture conference. So fans can actually go, but I don't know. It's like, yeah. The turnaround, because I here's why it doesn't make sense too. There's no the women's usually they combo and the women's was earlier. They've been changing that where the women's tournament is a few days earlier. They start I think Monday. Or they start wait. Or they're done early. So what what's the point of having? I know it's CBS Sports Network could be holding by TV, but why were those last two? I don't know. It just seems when you're not when when there's not a crunch of games around you. Why is it not? Like, what's wrong putting the game on at 9 Eastern? I know the football thing was a bad experiment. They put it on, like, at 10 Eastern on, over their CBS a couple years ago. They had back-to-back years. But, like, why can't it be even 8, like, 7? Even 7 Eastern would have been 4 o'clock a little bit later, preferably well, why 8. Not, why not play it on Sunday afternoon? Give everyone a day off, you know? Hey, you make Utah State too. play that late-night game. Give everyone a day off. Go in and play it on Sunday. I, I, guess, mean, I don't know the logistics. Well, no, that makes all. sense, too, because – I know there's other games at regular season finales, but especially when they move, I get it. Would, wouldn't it be it would be nearly impossible when it's if when it goes back to being the day weekend of. But this time around, that would have been not a bad idea. You could play. You could even play in at like eleven a.m. So you know what I mean? Like play or middle right. of the day. I don't know. It's but I remember watching like there's the first half of the game. Actually, getting to the game here, there was no media timeout. It's like thirteen minutes. That's right. They had to take those back-to-back media timeouts. Yeah, I was like, after. oh, come on. Like, watch them. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean. But, but you see was, Sam Merrill and everybody walking the court. They're like, back. I'm like, keep going, guys. I don't know what to tell you. They looked so tired. And that you could see it because they couldn't make a shot. They were down, what, 22 to 11 at some point in the first half? 24-11, something like that, yeah. They and, were looking bad. Like, they couldn't hit shots. Well, okay, let's be honest. Both teams were looking bad early on. Yeah, no, early on, neither of them could hit anything. And it was... It was ugly. I was watching uh, with my one of my roommates who does not watch basketball 
as much as I do and just explaining like this is not this is not normal <laughs> these teams are actually good trust me yeah, I know but it's actually 27 to 11 at one point right before the end of okay. the first half you and so you're down 16 this is also the first time they, they made a big deal about it where San Diego State was uh hasn't led at half in like a month right they're tiding the and Boise then, game they're tied but like they were then they're up by Utah State made a little run they scored what six in a row at the end something like that or they scored yeah. eight eight of whatever eight points get with eight but it's like second half it's like what, what are they gonna do they're gas they played mere they finished a game like i know guys done the working media availability was done by around midnight Ugh. depending who you're speaking to because they're we're here from salt lake so oh, utah state down there we're gonna we're covering all the tournaments pac 12 west coast so they're there for utah state knew they'd make a good run so they've been down there for all been there all week like I text my guys, like it's like or he puts on Twitter, like yeah, talking to Craig Thompson players was like Craig Thompson around midnight, players around after eleven, and they gotta be there in twelve hours to back at the arena, less than twelve hours. Your game tips at two thirty Pacific. You're probably at the arena arena what two hours before twelve thirty means you're in your you gotta be in the bus or van at, at depending on hotels at noon to get over to Thomas and Mac. You're probably up at ten. You know what I mean? Right, like, and then it's hard you know you find yourself in the second half, and you've been down sixteen points to San Diego State, and yeah, where do you find the energy? I, I know I like how Sam Merrill said, "Wake up morning, I'm not going to the NIT." I'm like, okay, good for you. There you go. <laughs> but like the second half was 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 better because more, a few more points yeah. were scored, and it came out where yeah, Nemes Nemes Candy and Sam Merrill they go on a six zero run to take that lead, or not even six zero run was it a seven zero run, and then we have a ball game. It's like so they're up by two, they're up by one, or excuse me, still down one. But that's when it, that's when games come back. They make that huge run by their star players, Kada and, and Merrill. Then it just kind of goes back and forth and back and forth through the rest of the game. Asics got a slight go up 37, 33, like or thirty. They got a seven point lead. Okay, that's where I thought like okay, this game's really over unless there's one more run coming from the Aggies. They're not and, winning this game. Yeah. And think of it this too: thirty-seven to thirty with thirteen minutes left in the game. It's like what is that? It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, defensive basketball. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just I'm glad that the – so I'm just looking at how the scores progressed because um, on Ken Palm, it's got it split up by like the quarters, yeah. you know, uh, and it's, you know, Utah State had seven points in the first five – or in the first ten minutes of the game, 14 in the second ten minutes, 17 – and then 21 down the final 10, 10 minutes of the game. Um, it kind of looks like a football score, honestly. But it's just kind of amazing to see that they really did just turn it on a little more, a little more, a little more each each bit of the way, just enough to get to the uh, the last last couple of possessions there. Utah State won by turning the ball over 16 times. Well, and for the longest time, I mean, San Diego State didn't have a turnover in the whole first half of the yeah. game. They had seven in the second half. Yeah, I remember that was, was a big deal in the first half. They had zero. Yeah, and so, I mean, right, you have Namiyash Kato with six turnovers yeah. on his own, almost out turnover, you know. You know what you do, pal? You don't bring the ball to your waist. You're huge. Keep it above the head. Come on. Yeah. So I but, see I mean, that. Hey, that. That's like the most frustrating thing. You're a big guy and you dribble the ball. It's like, why are you dribbling? Why are you putting it to waist? Just hold it high and pivot and move. Come on. But he'll get there. I mean, he's still he's still developing. He's raw, but he is he's going to be a really good player. I think if if he can make some adjustments, I think he can really be a good a good player on the next level. But okay. he's obviously a really good player 
on the college level now. But I, I got to ask you the most important question. We wait until the very end. Did uh, Sam Merrill foul at the end of the game? No. No, you don't think the shoulder was a foul? The drop down? No. No. Okay, explain yourself. I'm just wondering. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I I didn't see. I didn't think that it was egregious enough to be called a foul. I guess I don't know. I. I I was happy that it wasn't called. I could have, I would have understood it either way, but I don't think it needed to be called. Okay. Cause that was where, did he make that basket when that was it? I know. It was, I was uh, trying to remember. Cause, Cause I was watching on my phone at that point. I took off somewhere. I saw the foul on my phone. I saw the replay. I could see it because the intent to drop down. Uh, I tried to remember where it was. This, this should have been a note I took down. Was it? I don't remember. Did he? Well, guess what? We're terrible podcasting for not knowing that one little bit of the game where I brought up the foul part. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the deal would have been because it would have been no, it would have been his first foul. See, we're terrible at this. Was there man? Was there? I'm now I'm frustrated. Was there a point scored on that because of it, or they just wanted the ball back? I am because we look at the game. We know that how the game ended, and it kind of is late in the game as well. It's like the only basket was like the Justin Bean layup, but that was after a timeout. Oh no, that's sorry, that's late. That's my bad. ESPN fools you when you when you go back and forth and take it back to the first half. Oh right. no, they called a foul. no, they called a foul on the other guy. That's what it was. Because he got fouled, right? Yes, yeah, so the KJ. Yeah, no, that's what it was. Sorry, I put that's what it was. Yeah, KJ Fagan was called. Fagan was called for the foul. That's what it was. Because he was underneath the hoop, and so he's too close to draw the charge, and so right. people wanted the. What, it's not a charge. I guess you could still call a charge even in front of the hoop because you dropped your shoulder. If you watch it in slow motion, you could see it. But that's also kind of a basketball move to a degree, right? When you go I in, so. you'll drop in to make contact. It just happened to look where kind of like he, like a, not a shimmy, but like a, you know I mean? Like kind of a thrust, I guess would be the right word for it. Like looking back, they called, like, I think I'm with you. If they called a foul, okay, I see. If they don't call a foul, that's what happened. Ends up shooting. He makes one of two. Oh, that's right, because they're like they freaked out because he's a ninety percent free throw shooter to miss the first one. And right, he makes it to tie. And let me ask you this: Did you like how San Diego State did their last play possession of the game, where they just let Malachi Flynn just chuck it up there? I think, yeah, I, I think that that was. I mean, where you needed to get it, I don't. It didn't end. Uh, he didn't get as good of a shot as you would have wanted, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you just need to make sure it gets into his hands. That's, that's been kind of the formula for their, for their success. So, I mean, and it almost did. He threw that thing almost to the rafters and it just about dropped all the way in. Uh, no, not the very end, the one position before that. I mean, Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I thought you were so not, no, not the one the where they had final. two seconds. The one where there was a uh, 39, 30, what? 30 seconds left. He goes down and he shoots it himself and he shoots it fairly early as well. Yeah, I think because he shot it with 30, 39 seconds, he shot it with thirty two left. Yeah, I think that's one of those cases where he's really feeling feeling that uh, that what mamba mentality. You want to <laughs> James Harden? Go there, <laughs> like, I got this. right? Yeah, something. I mean, just kind of go down and and you're feeling it, and you're saying, "Hey, I'm going to put this game away right now," and yeah, that's worked a lot of times this season, and this time it just didn't, and. It was it was Sam Merrill's turn to go go out and say it. That thing he just they did the exact same thing. Like I wasn't a fan of either start at the end. It's like it's just isolation. He figured pick and roll maybe, but I guess you don't want too many defenders nearby. If you do that with uh, Kata doing that most likely or whoever else you want to do it, and it's going to be in your best guy's hand. You're not going to give it up to anybody else. 
and he's just clutch and just nails it from reasonably far. But that shot, two seconds left. Aztecs like Malik. That's a, like a great play to call. It's it's almost like the Bryce Drew play from Valpo years ago. Go down the court sideline, except no dribble, and he gets it, goes and shoots it, and it nearly goes in to tie the game to overtime. How amazing would that have been? Right. No, and that's. I, I was thinking. You know, I saw it go all the way up in the air. I was like, Oh my god, is this really going to happen? Are we going to get this? Because I don't know if. I mean, Utah State. They made it so far, but I don't know if they would have been able to survive another five minutes of that game. I know, and then you have uh, Sam Merrill who played, I think, every minute of the whole tournament. Is that right? Definitely the final. I'm not sure about the entire tournament. They talked about something with that, like how much he played. But regardless, he was gassed. Everybody was tired. He makes his shots. He gets a victory. Is this part of the team, like, going forward? We'll talk about the NC in a minute, and we'll chat about this probably after Selection Sunday or soon after next week. Is this the part where Kata, because Utah State's been playing very well. And again, we didn't even mention New Mexico almost had him again, like in the earlier games. Like they almost had him back to back for some reason. Lobos were giving him issues. But is this a team where with Kata healthy, they are maybe even better than last year? Because you got Justin Bean, you got Diego Brito, yeah. Diego, all those guys out there who can make, make buckets usually. They're playing well. Is this a team that could make a run of the tournament because I actually played Washington and just crapped to bed and played terrible when they were, I think a seven seed or eight seed or seven seed, whatever. They're probably going to be an 11 seed. Could you see this team win a game or two possibly because they're actually healthy with Kata being one of the not underrated guys, but a guy who hasn't played well because he's been hurt still from that FIBA thing last summer. Yeah, I, I think that they could definitely, yeah, I think 11 sounds about right. Somewhere between, probably the 10 or 11 line for Utah State. Um, and just looking at some of the six seeds, I think that there are some beatable teams around that area. You're going to see teams like maybe you know Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, some Big Ten teams there, but also... Can we get Indiana like, and Archie Miller crying after he loses? <laughs> I mean, I think... I don't know if we'll get it for Utah State, but maybe. Uh... Oh, sorry, I'm looking at it wrong. Never mind. I apologize. Dang it! I, I, oh man, I just saw the team. Like, oh yeah, that guy. No, but like, they could be Penn State, right? Yeah, I think I think that it would certainly be a, a really good game, and I don't see why Utah State couldn't compete with all of those teams. You know, I, I, one one matchup, or one at least game that I think would be really fun would be Utah State Iowa. I think that. that you know, get to see Luca Garza, the Miyashkeda, Sam Merrill, all of Iowa's shooters. It would be a it would be a pretty fun game. Um, I mean, San Diego State played Iowa earlier in the year, so I'd like to see how Utah State does against them. So let's get one of the ask. Let's get the asterisks. Are they going to be number one seed? I talked to our buddy Eli Betker. like, yeah, they're number one seed. What is it? I what think- will what will get them to be? An, or give us your thought and tell us what you. Let's go out there. Where are they going to be? Do you All think? right. So I think at the moment, right now, they are still a number one seed. Um, who are who are the other number one seeds with them? I would say Kansas, Gonzaga, and Baylor. Okay. I think Baylor, even though they've lost a few times recently, they have so many good quadrant one wins that I don't think anybody else besides Kansas really compares on that level. So I think Baylor's still in there. Gonzaga and Kansas, I think, are solid locks. Uh, the question I think right now, the big one is San Diego State or Dayton. And for the moment, I think San Diego State has the edge. Okay. Why? What? What's the reason? Victories or like what's the deal? Numerical so, net. So what? the big thing here is is how you value wins versus losses. I guess so. Dayton doesn't have any bad losses, right? So San Diego State. 
that loss to UNLV is not great. No. Um, it's like Q3, it's a, Q3 or yep, Q4? Yep, it's Q3. Okay. Uh, so that one's sitting at Quadrant 3 right now. Dayton doesn't have anything that bad. But Dayton also doesn't have anything as good as San Diego State has. San Diego State has those wins over BYU, Okay, of course, without Yoli Childs, but still, yeah. it counts. <laughs> uh, they also have wins over Creighton and Iowa. And those three wins are all just as good. They're all better than anything Dayton has. Dayton's best win, probably St. Mary, or is that right? Dayton beat St. Mary's earlier this year. I think that's probably their best win right okay. now. And so that's, you know, that's not a bad win. It's a win over the field. And if Richmond ends up getting in, then that's going to be good too. But there's really not a lot separating these teams. And so the question is, do you think, do you look at San Diego State's really like top heavy, really good losses up there? Or sorry, really good wins at the top, but that one bad loss? Or Dayton, who doesn't really have any marquee wins, but they also don't have any ugly losses. So you're saying Baylor can just no matter what, or one seed? I That's what I was – if I was – you know, when I'm making a bracket, that's definitely who I'm putting in. Gonzaga is also definitely on that line. Even if Gonzaga – what if Gonzaga loses, like <sighs> – Well, same, that's going to – Like they, they gonna, lose in the semis of the West, West Coast Conference. That's going to complicate things a little bit. If they Not lose likely, to San Francisco – no, yeah, not likely, but it's worth thinking about. If they lost to San Francisco, <laughs> that would definitely be that would that would probably get Dayton into a one seed, and then the not conversation San State, not San Diego State. Well, I think the conversation would then shift to San Diego State versus Gonzaga. It depends if Dayton wins their conference tournament too. If Dayton loses again, then. It, then, then San Diego State and Gonzaga are both going to be one seed. It wouldn't be if a bad they, loss because San Francisco's Ken Palm 78, so it'd probably be a Q2 loss. True. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be better than uh, it would be better than UNLV. <laughs> True. There you go again. Back to Rebels. Come on, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you were to like, okay, so like, what percentage do you think Aztecs are going to, like, say, I don't want to go into crazy scenarios again, but let's just say, it plays out as we expect. Gonzaga, Dayton win their conference tournament, and Baylor, Baylor, Kansas locked in. Are you? What are you saying for the Aztecs? Are they just waiting and going to play a two seed, be two seed? I think if if Dayton, the most likely scenario that I see is that Dayton wins the Atlantic Ten tournament and Gonzaga wins the West Coast, and that Dayton probably gets another couple solid victories over teams like Rhode Island or Richmond or somebody else. And that will probably push them over San Diego state. I don't love having San Diego state come off the the top line, but I could, I could understand it if, if Dayton amasses maybe not highest quality of wins, but if they have a huge quantity of really good wins, then I, I could see them going up to the one line and moving San Diego State down. So at this point, I'm going to say probably like, I don't know, 60-40 that Dayton ends up on the one line. Okay. But as of right now, I still have San Diego State there because Dayton hasn't won those games yet. Yeah, Dayton. here's how it goes. Dayton gets a, the top four seeds in A-10, go get a quarterfinal bye, and those games are Friday. So they'll play UMass VCU winner, and then it kind of goes from there. And so they could be like St. Louis, the St. Bonaventures, and going on. But that's kind of what the deal is for them. They don't play until Thursday, or excuse me, Friday. And their championship game Sunday, which 
as we know, it's kind of prickly because I remember who was it? I think, but who is it? Uh, Russell over Did? at Mid Major Madness put a YouTube video out there about how the bracket was being revealed while games were still being played, like back in the early nineties. <laughs> That's not yeah, the case, I mean, but they play Sunday at one Eastern. It'll be well over. It's not the Big Ten game they wait for typically to hop on on CBS at four, at four Pacific, seven Eastern for selection Sunday, but. If you're playing Sunday and it's Dayton and Richmond, I'm probably going to guarantee they want their bracket done. They're not going to make 10 different scenarios. They'll say, okay, Dayton, you'll give you number of seed regardless. They'll probably have like Dayton, San Diego State. They'll probably flip those two teams. They're not going to make a huge scenario where – because where's Dayton at? What what region are they projected to be in, the the Midwest? Well, it depends. I mean, the way that you can – I guess they'd be east, right? If they get a one seed, they'd be east, right? Take over aspects. yeah, so so basically the two spots that I see in play here, I think, are the, the West number two seed and the East number one. And I think, honestly, right now, Dayton and San Diego State can be flipped in, in those two spots. Dayton going out West wouldn't surprise me very much, especially with teams like uh, Villanova or Duke. Um, maybe Creighton would go out West as a two seed as well, but... I, I could see Dayton getting that, especially if the committee wants to make their lives really easy and do everything else. You could probably set it up to where you have an Atlantic 10 team and a mid a Mountain West team in these two spots interchangeable. So you can move them and you're not really going to end up breaking any of those conference seating rules where they want to avoid matchups. Three rounds, right? Or um, or... Yeah. So like the latest bracket that I was kind of mocking up for, for my own little projections here. Uh, I, I did that exact thing where I basically just said, oh, well, this is either going to be Dayton or San Diego State. I'll figure that out later, but I'm going to build the rest of the bracket so that it, it works either way. Yeah, that's what I think it too. You don't want to make it too wild. So No, so, I think I think they'll have two brackets and they'll say, okay, if Dayton wins, we go with that one. And if Dayton loses, we go with that one. You know, it's swapping four teams. Well, I guess only two teams, really, not four. Because you can have, yeah, you're right, just swap those two out. So that's that's good. Um, could it be argued, which I'm going to make the argument, why don't you ask, like, just take two seed out west, you go to L.A. and Staples versus Gonzaga possibly instead of playing Duke and MSG? Wouldn't you rather have, like, wouldn't you rather have better location, more fans, than get that prestigious number one seed? I mean, I, it, that's a, a difficult question because, of course, the, the, the number two, number one seed, yeah, you're right. That part doesn't really matter. What, what matters is the matchups and who they play. And the, the really big question is, are the teams who are sitting at the seven line how good are like, they? A, a, appreciably better than the ones on the eight line? Because that's a big deal. If you're looking at teams on the on the number eight line, like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, look, thinking about teams like Marquette or Illinois. Houston. Illinois, maybe, yeah. I mean, versus some seven seeds, maybe Arizona, maybe you see. I don't know. I don't think there's a huge difference in the quality of teams, honestly. So, I think, yeah, it, it, that might not matter all that much either. You start to look at, you know, the three seeds you, as you're going later and later yeah. in the tournament. You know, they're going to run into a three seed before they'd run into a four seed. That might be the first time you really do see that significant difference between the threes and the fours like seton hall or, does seton hall scare you if you're san diego state yeah i mean anytime you have miles powell on the floor, <laughs> I'm scared. but um i wouldn't but, want to play villanova no, I, no way it's like jay wright get out of here i don't want to play him he's gonna beat you probably 
Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't want to play Jay Wright in the mark in in the tournament at all. Um, yeah. So, what what would be bad for San Diego State is to end up getting that two seed and then to draw a team like Virginia, mm-hmm. who maybe shows up as a seven seed after kind of having a little bit of a slow season if they maybe don't win the ACC tournament. Well, I could disagree because they they're not a run up and down team and Aztecs can score That's points, true. but they're I think that'd be I think that might favor Aztecs because Aztecs we talked before they score more points, but they're still tradition like they yes they lost a the game scoring fifty six points. They're okay. Not they don't need to score seventy or eighty points. So when they can win a low scoring game, and Virginia is not going to run and put up. So I would actually think that would be a fairly good matchup. I think if it comes to I it. know I think it, I think it would be a good matchup. I think what I what I was trying to get at there is that where San Diego State has that advantage where they can slow the game down and and get it to a low scoring game that other teams aren't used to. Virginia is used to that, and they yeah. do it even better than San Diego oh, like, State. True. So, I, so I'm just saying that that advantage that San Diego State might have wouldn't be there against a Virginia, and that game could end up becoming a lot closer than maybe yeah. a, a a team that San Diego State can control defensively a little yeah. bit more. I just think like the style of play. Yeah, Tony Bennett's a great coach, right? But, I, mean, I figure it's not like it's not like playing like I remember when Aztecs played Florida Gulf Coast. They just run up and run score as many points as possible. They were outmatched because the athleticism and how they wanted to play, and they weren't even with James Franklin. They weren't a team, and Xavier Thames weren't a team to run up and down and go with them, and they lost to a 15 seed. So even if Virginia might be, I'm not gonna say they're better, but more experience in this and more experienced head coach, I would say, because Dutcher's been around, but he's what he's a fairly new head coach, and so it's still. I'd rather play like an Oregon or something. You know what I mean, I'd rather, rather play Providence or even Arizona, if that whatever the seeds or Penn State, than playing guys who have coaches national. They won the national championship last year. You want to play against Virginia? Come on, <laughs> it's tough. You got to play these teams eventually, but I think that would be. It wouldn't be shells. So I'd be like, like you know, Seton Hall and Georgetown. They played them through. Or, who was it when Patrick – who beat – was Seton Hall or – who was the low seed? 84, Patrick, you mean? St. John's, uh, right? How do we not know this? Um, remember Villanova? when – Yeah, Villanova, yeah, Nova. Yeah, when okay, it was yeah. a, so, three of the four Big East, it's like, well, we play them all the time. We're not afraid of Patrick going to Georgetown. They're a good right. team, but we, we, we're we used to that style of play, and so that's where I kind of started getting that range. But my opinion would stay out west. Why go east where you have very little fan base? Here's the – a number one seed is supposed to get protected and play well. Are you going to be you're not protected anywhere in the East Coast? Do you know what I mean? Like all the even yeah, all the East regions. If, yeah, I mean even if, if you give them the Sacramento regional, or, you know the Sacramento sub regional or whatever they call it. But it's it. not. It's Cleveland. That's most West they'd be like they would, like they would stick. Um, oh, actually, hold on. Sorry, I'm looking at it wrong. No, look at the. No, the so yeah. I think I think you can mix the the um, city still. Yeah, so I think they could they would still start in Sacramento. Okay. They would just then they would go from Sacramento all the way out to MSG to play their next game after yeah, that. Geez. Oh yeah, so, okay. You know, so then that's when the travel really hits them. But they should still they should be in Sacramento, I think, no matter what in terms of the the first pod cuz there's nobody else out west who's really going to take that spot from them. Gonzaga is staying in Spokane, which is ridiculous. How does that happen? I, I still call Fallon. That's ridiculous. How does that happen? <laughs> oh, hey, Idaho, can you host for us at our arena? Love it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's not their arena. It's just in the city where they also have an arena. It's no, it, it's not. Wait, it's not played at the kennel? No, no, I don't they think so. They have two. They have a second arena big enough to host NSA tournament in Spokane? Yeah, I think it's like some sort of, I don't know. Who plays there? Minor league hockey? Arena. 
I don't know. Probably something like that. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, I actually don't know who plays there. I mean, not the University of Idaho, but they're hosting yeah, it. Clearly, I know that. I remember going to games at the University of Huntsman Center. Now they put them in where the Jazz play. But uh, <laughs> it's I still find that ridiculous. That's like, come on. So I say West because I would rather have – it's not a given, but I'd rather have home court like Sacramento, L.A. It's like, come on. I, I Like if you want to – I know it would be – Gonzaga fans would be all crying about it. Oh, we were they're only ninety minutes away from the arena. It's like, well, it happens sometimes. But I, I think if I were them, I'd rather. Yeah, I get, I get the prestige being the first one seed ever be amazing. There's also pressure that comes with it. But if you're two seed at home, nearly, it's like, come on, I would rather have that. Yeah, no, I think I, I think that that would. Honestly, everybody else is probably making a much bigger deal about this than San Diego State is, if, yeah. it, honestly, because I'm sure that they would be happy to play in L.A. and mm-hmm. stay stay in California, stay home, stay in front of their home fans. But you know what? This team would be also excited to travel to MSG. Oh, yeah. So I think whatever sure. whatever they get, they're going to you know be fine with. And, and we can talk about what they deserve or what they – you know, what, what should be or what would be better. But I think at the end of the day, this team – is built to win in a lot of different arenas in a lot of different places in the country. Uh, I'm just trying to help the guys they, out, man. Come on. That's why. Yeah, no, I think that. it would be great, but I, I think, you know, that number one seed does carry a lot of cachet with it. It could also carry a big bonus. If you're Brian. Dutcher, I know. That's what they could say. No kidding. <laughs> you get that. So, did, also it, yeah. just to tie one thing up, you were correct. The Spokane veterans Memorial arena is home to hockey's Spokane chiefs. And that's where they will be playing the uh, the games. Yeah, that's hey. I know. I get I get some stuff right sometimes. It's it's yeah. most logical. What's gonna be inside pickleball? I don't know. What are they gonna do? <laughs> There's no G League team there. All right. So let's do let's do a couple more things really quick before we wrap it up here. Right. So we talked about the. Uh, I know YouTube's banning people from talking about the coronavirus. We're not talking about. We're talking about that, but not really. Or excuse me, COVID nineteen. I apologize. Let's get the right name out there, folks. Um. People are freaking out, which we talked before. It's like, just wash your hands. You'll probably be okay. Hopefully, you're okay. I don't. Wanna, I can't say for certain. I'm not a doctor, Andrew. So, don't don't quote me on this stuff. But there yeah, is this these... is not medical advice, anybody. So <laughs> no, it's do like, not hold anybody responsible. Just be safe out there, right? <laughs> we've heard we've seen out in Italy where it's exploded. There's games across Japan where they're playing no fans, which would suck. NBA has a sort of protocol to how to keep games going. I think if you're if you're if you're the NBA, keep playing the games because there's a money thing involved too, and games on TV bring money, and it would be a fascinating experiment just to watch games because you would hear everything on the court. You coaches couldn't be quiet, you know what I mean? Like they'd have to be, you would hear everything, which would be pretty crazy. Yeah, but it's a it's a tournament. They're like, well, we have stuff in place just in case because a D three tournament right now, no spectators allowed. So. And the, I guess what they're, they're looking at that possibly, but also, which is kind of, I'm not sure I feel about it, is where they condense the areas where instead of spreading everybody out, you condense the regionals or not. I don't even know what round what they're considered. I'm assuming it would be first and second round games because they're most spread out. By the time you get to regional finals, it's you know what I mean who cares? It's not who cares, but it's not spread out. Like yeah, I think that would be possibly more counterintuitive if you bring double the people to Sacramento, double the people to St. Louis or Dayton or Albany or or Spokane. It's particularly Spokane because there's a, one of the most hit places in the country so far. Yeah. I, I just, I I don't know. I don't, I'm just glad I don't have to make these decisions because 
I, I understand why you would want to take these precautions and why you would want to err on the side of player safety and, and the safety of just the public in general, not just the player safety, but public safety. At the same time, I think a decision just needs to be made at some point, though, because we're coming up on, you know, we're getting pretty close to when this tournament is actually starting. Logistic-wise, so. too. Like, yeah, if, that's what, what if I you're, uh, okay, fans or even team, not just because it would suck for a lot of people, fans, okay. There could be a thing if you're getting to the game, if you're, like, if we're going to, like, like, if we're looking at places to cut, kind of, you're cutting Spokane, you're cutting uh, Sacramento, you know what I mean? You might be cutting Albany. Like, would you cut Tampa with all the elderly population in that area just because of, you know what I mean? Like, you'd yeah, be cutting places that. down. And then you have, yeah. if you look at a big picture, like, you have those locations, monetary, the cities, it's a boon. I've seen Northwestern take over downtown Salt Lake when they get their first win in ever an tournament. Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> is partying on the bar across the street from my work, doing stuff, hanging out on the top of the bar over there outside the rooftop. You got, <laughs> seriously, like, people, like, people come from town, they sell at the arenas, you're going to have fewer games, like fewer people in town likely because are people going to, here's the thing. I guess people don't know the destination, but odds are it's mostly a lot of local people. If it's a once in a lifetime thing, like I was at in Salt Lake when Harvard beat New Mexico <laughs> with 15 two. like I oh, remember man. the beat reds like, uh, we gotta go grocery shopping or, or shopping. I brought one set of clothes guys like from the university paper. Cause they didn't expect to beat New Mexico, <laughs> but you have people coming in for that. Like you have the, like, I, I, it's like you have the fans. Can they get there? It'll be harder to get there if you're local. Cool, more basketball. That'd be a pretty unique experience. You'd have hotel people trying to get hotels. Either lost hotels. Will they let you cancel it? Because if especially teams or I know they haven't booked yet, but it's, it'll be a cost. Like, do we have enough space for everybody? If we're doubling the teams for the first second round, you have people who are like if you're officiating the game, you're gonna be able to officiate the games because of where you're from or more games areas that there's part of it too. My main thing we before I'll let you go in a second, but more people in a in a condensed area that seems like kind of the opposite effect i guess right yeah that I, to to me i i don't i don't know about you know epidemiology i don't know how things spread very well to be honest this is it's all outside of my area of expertise to be i'll sure. tell you this more people spreads more than fewer people that's what i'm saying yeah that's that's what i was going to get to <laughs> that seems like the common sense thing that uh that makes sense to me which is the whole idea right is that why you would want to play these games in front of empty stadiums yeah. would be because you don't want people congregating so if you're just if your solution is to have them congregate more just fewer places yeah, i guess you're maybe maybe it's making the decision to it's more likely to spread in this area where we can predict it and control it no, rather you don't want that i don't want that either areas, <laughs> but yeah i don't know I guess if you've ever played the game, the board game Pandemic, then you've dealt with similar <laughs> situations. Low sta- very low stakes, comparatively. Very low. Uh, yes, very, very low stakes. But, Let's uh, get that brother who knocks over the board because they get pissed and moves. Well, right. <laughs> I don't know. I, odds, here's what I'm thinking. Odds are, like, again, we're not medical experts. We see what's going on in the news. We're following what's going on. Like, there was that, what, that CPAC conference where – president and other people involved like i just saw now ted cruz senator from texas i'm self-quarantining even though it feels fine he's actually face-to-face interaction with the guy who had or gal whoever has it at the moment because we're not really telling hipaa and all that stuff for names but it's getting to a deal where i lo- like i said before i like how we're taking the precautions to, to be safe because 
You don't want what's going on in Italy where it's seemingly doubling and trebling overnight every day. Yeah. And there's no end in sight for whether it's like, if you hear about what's going on, uh, if you're like in Washington, like I'm not, again, not medical experts, but what you hear about it, older people, smokers like in China and Wuhan, that's why they're getting most of those people get sick. Elderly people and people with low immune system. Okay, get it. Nursing homes have been hit pretty hard, like in Seattle area. So the concern is mostly for older people and people who can get sick more easily. Got it. Okay, but when you're looking at uh, how it spread, I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, a lot of people maybe just get it, be fine. You Once you get it, you can't get it again, which I heard, which is nice to know, I guess. But are they going to play? It comes back to basketball again. Like, we keep it light here in sports, but. The way it spreads, we don't really know. And so, yes, a lot of people, that is a concern. But I know there's, like, I don't want it to come down to be, we have to make this money so we're going to do it and risk other people getting sick or killed. That's, yeah. I, I like the precautions yeah. they're taking, but I don't want money to roll just because, anything about it, NCAA tournament-wise, NBA-wise, if anything happens, it's in the TV money. So what, if it, if, here's the thing. If they make the choice to do it, I'll be fine. Be, I'd rather be safe than sorry in some cases, even if it's a pretty extreme case. Right. And watch it at home, dude. Just pull up the March Madness app and there you go. It'd be, it'd be a, literally one of a kind experience where you still get to watch the games. It would be wild, though, if there's a buzzer beater, a crazy one, and nobody's there to see it essentially live, except for the teams. The, the teams. <laughs> maybe let some people cover the games in there. I don't know if right. they would, like the, some media guys, but that would be wild. And I kind of want to see it. Is it wrong for me to kind of want to see that, maybe? No, I mean, no, I don't think it's wrong <laughs> it's at all. I think that that it does it's a, it's just a really weird situation. And at the end of the day, we're talking about, you know, a, this competition that's really you know, it's important to so many people, obviously, but does it need to be it changed for this weird circumstance that's really unique? maybe and i think it would be very interesting to to see it happen and i we would always remember the the 2020 march madness remember with the coronavirus tournament you know we yeah. would have something to to think of to talk about for a while so, here's the thing too this I mean, is not unprecedented like the stanley cup was canceled during 1980 season because of the spanish flu so this is not like this has been done before when it's like when something like this that's I don't, I don't, I've heard about it, but I haven't done a ton of research. I know a lot of people died, but because of how, how it spread and everything, but they've had seasons been canceled for games being canceled for this, for wartime. Like, watch, go watch League yeah. of Their Own. There's baseball shut down for a couple of years because they need everybody to go help out in World War II. And right, so, because like, at the end of the day, yeah. it's a game, and the, the other stuff is, is more important. I mean, if it's actually like life or death stuff, then yeah, the game has to take a backseat to it. Even the freaking Olympics could be canceled. That'd be wild. Right. Like cancel or move. And so I don't know what will happen. Like in my opinion, the, the I don't know. I, I want to say it's going to be business as usual, but don't be surprised if there's tweaks because they're already doing stuff. Like the, the D3 games are being not postponed, but played in front of nobody. I think the very last thing, I think it's like nothing's going to be canceled for going to NSA tournament wise because – it would take something, a drastic change in a week to say, like, don't sound too crew, but self-quarantine, like, or quarantine like Wuhan, which is a huge city yeah. bigger than Chicago, with millions upon millions. I don't think that's going to be the case, but could there be games with nobody there? I'm leaning toward no, but 
I I think I, I'd say like five percent chance the games get canceled or postponed. Who knows how they do it? But I think we're good. I don't. Wanna, I hate ending on this. What are we gonna do? Can we, how do we light this up here? I don't. I, I don't like this. We're ending here. Utah State made it to the tournament. They're Woo-hoo! definitely going to be there. And two we bid got Mountain a two West. Bid Mountain West. You know what? We don't know that we're going to get a two bid Atlantic 10. We don't know that we're going to see any other. I guess West Coast Conference is going to get three teams in. But we don't know that we're going to see any other uh, two bid mid major leagues. So is America definitely let's... getting two teams in? Ooh. Um, definitely? Yeah. No, not definitely. I think Houston Wichita and... State. And Wichita State is probably in, but they're close to the cut line. Suck it. Cincinnati. (laughs) I don't love their resume, but they've got enough good wins that they might slide in. Memphis can – no, they're not getting in. Sorry, Uh, Tulsa, Tulsa, maybe. Okay. All right. We'll we'll see. We'll be back next week. We'll figure out schedule because I know you're busy doing stuff for um, everywhere. You're doing stuff for us, busting brackets as well. So we'll we'll try to get back next Sunday to talk about first look for two two bid Mountain West. We'll have some articles throughout the week, kind of projecting. I already, I already kind of did a gambling angle, like, hey, maybe there's some value in Aztecs losing and get that two seed out West. Hey, and, there you go. I'm just saying, look for that type of stuff. If you got a few bucks, if they go there, but we'll have enough. We'll have some decent coverage throughout the week, just because I I kind of wanted to do a daily and say, is Utah State going to make it or not? But they're in. I guess it's good for them, but Paige used it a bit nice because, hey, let's look at the bubble this week, tournament week. Now we just kind of do the same thing for daily rank where they're going to be posted or ranked or seated, I should say. But Selection Sunday, Sunday, this Sunday, I guess, next Sunday, or whenever you're listening to it, doing this the following Sunday, right? Can I get my days right here? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Master- Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Monster truck rally down at the Astrodome, 2 p.m. Four for five hot dogs. <laughs> Family's good for 20 bucks. Drinks, hot dogs included. Get the rainbow seats at the top. There you go. That's why I used to listen to all the time. All right, but we'll be back next week. Chat more stuff. Check us out, mwr.com. Um, subscribe to the podcast when people are listening there. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, folks.